podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. A real cool episode today. Have um, a D2 collegiate golfer on, Charlie DeLong. And many people might think of a D2 golfer as someone that might not be as upper echelon as, you know, Division One, which we're all kind of led to believe is the top of the sport. But I can tell you, based on his wins, based on his wagger ranking, based on the way that this man is playing right now, that could not be further from the truth. Out of Grand Valley State University, uh, Charlie DeLong. Charlie, what's going on? Hey, man. Uh, just happy to be here and talk some golf. Yeah, I, uh, I I tell you what, you know, we'll, we'll jump into that right off the bat. I know we talked a little bit off air about the differences between D1 and, and D2 golf. And, you know, I understand D1 across the board might have deeper fields there might be a lowest scoring average you know per team um but i'm going to tell you what aside from the guys in the pga tour university rankings i'm not sure there's a hotter collegiate golfer right now than you out there um what's what's been kind of the key to your success so far this year you know it's just been kind of a a steady grind and i don't want to say linear but just a steady progression over the last four years of improvement. Um, I came in freshman year. I mean, I was all right. I was contending in events, but, you know, I would still have those odd uh, 70th place finishes when you didn't have your stuff this week. And just making that bad golf into acceptable golf and bad rounds into ones that might not look bad on the scorecard uh, into decent ones has been been huge in getting that consistency where it needs to be now correct me if i'm wrong but you won your first event as a freshman correct i did it was uh we hosted a home event our freshman year or my freshman year yeah and i i I did win my first ever college event i think it was a few under we have a our home course is pretty tough but that was cool It, it gave you me that confidence that you know i was here and i belonged here like you, you always wonder a little bit, no matter what tournament, and like, am I good enough to win? But coming in and getting that win was pretty cool. And you mentioned your home course. What is the home course for you guys? Uh, it's called the Meadows at Grand Valley State. It's a, uh, it's right on campus at Grand Valley. It's a university-owned course, but it's, it's a very underrated course in my opinion. It's in amazing condition. The superintendent Jeff and the whole staff does an amazing job. Um, doesn't get a lot of like statewide or national recognition, but it's a true championship golf course. It, it's it's really good for getting the game in shape, uh, practicing on it. So as as far as distance goes, uh, you, are you still living on campus? Uh, just off campus, but okay. I live 100 yards from our practice facility across <laughs> the street. So it, that's honestly been, I think, a big key for me and my roommates. Uh, the four of us, we had four freshmen in our freshman class, and we lived together on campus our freshman year. And now the four of us live, we still live together just off and just living with teammates and being so close to the course. It's just easy to, hey, want to go pitch, want to go putt, play games. And 
we've all uh, helped each other get better over the last three, four years. Now, are you somebody that likes to practice more? Or are you someone that gets more out of playing more often? You know, w- what's your sweet spot? What have you found? I mean, living 100 yards away from a practice facility, you know, I could see it being a double-edged sword, right? You can – there is such thing as practicing too much. Um, so where does your comfort factor fit in there? I think you have to find a good mix, obviously, of both. But if we're talking about what I enjoy, I actually I, – I've really enjoyed practicing more. Um, a couple of years ago, I would much I would have said playing for sure. I just go out and play as many holes as possible. But I really enjoy the grind of practicing and trying to get better. And I love golf, but I love tournament golf and competing and, like, trying your hardest every shot. And sometimes just going out and playing – by yourself or with buddies you're not really getting that like you're feeding that competitiveness to the fullest extent so um i yeah I, i'm a practicer what's your you guys have a go-to game that you practice like the four of you or, or guys in the team like is there is there a go-to short game or putting game that you guys are always challenging each other in yeah so there's kind of a few we have, we have this game called 11 it's a putting game it's kind of like a closest to the whole thing, but it mixes in points for uh, do you happen to three putt or things like that. And then me and my one roommate, Alex, we've been doing this thing over the past four, four years. It's a chipping game. We kind of just made up and it's seven or eight shots. Um, I guess it's, it's seven shots. We pick them before, go through, just play closest to and highest points wins that round. We, we play series of seven. Like kind of like uh, another sport like basketball or hockey playoffs are going on right now. We play like a little best of seven series on that. So that's been fun. We've kind of kept a tally over the last few years of that. And then also our our coach has been lucky enough to have been around some tour players and he got this short game drill. Uh, it's actually the same seven shots I can pull up. It's a 25-yard bunker shot, a 12-yard bunker shot. A 15 and 25 yard chip, a 15 yard pitch, and a 15 yard chip from rough and a short sided pitch. And there's different points for how close you get to the hole. And it's it's drills like that that are really important because you keep a score of how you're doing, obviously. And it's it's a way to gauge if you're getting better at something rather than just going out and aimlessly hitting pitches and chips and putts. Like that's good, but focused practice is a lot better. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. You see so many junior golfers and amateur golfers that want to get better in the sport, but they don't have a reason as to why they're practicing. You ask them, what are you working on? You know, and, and they have no idea. Like, oh, I'm just trying to hit the ball well. Instead of really focusing in on a, a true component that might be a liability in their game that they need to make better. Yeah, and then knowing what you need to practice from rounds like what are your weaknesses is a lot of people don't know like oh i i putted bad but like would strokes gains really tell you putted bad or it, it's just funny to see people and what they what they practice on what they really should be practicing you you mentioned that and that's super important i think people should really take that you know out of this podcast i have a junior golfer who's a sophomore now um, you know, starting to look at schools, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he keeps stats, but I'm curious as to what stats you guys are given 
after tournaments? You know, are are, are you getting real minutia? Like I was five for seven out of three to six foot putts. You know, I was 10 for 12 out of 14 to 20 foot putts. Or are you keeping your own stats? So I keep my own as far as more specific stuff like that. As far as uh, our program, we do more, uh, there's like kind of these goals we have. So it's kind of similar to like those Tiger Woods. He had like the five rules of golf. We have a few like that, like avoiding penalty shots. So tracking how many penalty shots you're taking. Three putts, because those are very easily avoidable and unforced mistakes. Um, missing greens with wedges, because that's a big staple of our program. Is if you're if we're good from 120 and in, like there's no reason we shouldn't be competing every week. So right. it's stuff like that. It's not as specific as like how many putts did I make from four feet today, or tracking fairways and greens. Like we we do that, but. It's more uh, those unforced error type stats that we focus more on as avoiding as a team. Gotcha. Well, I mean, that makes perfect sense, especially for the team aspect when, you know, everyone's score is counted in, in, in most of these tournaments. Uh, yeah, it's I, like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I, I was just going to say I wanted to get into some of those tournaments. Um, you know, I mentioned before, and I'm going to ask you next after I go over these, you know, why you chose Grand Valley State. Um, but I just want to kind of let people know that, you know, not only are you a grinder and you mentioned about turning some of those top 70 finishes into higher finishes, um, but like you're a closer through and through, um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've got the last four tournaments here as all wins, Target Memorial, Argonaut Invitational, the Ken Partridge Invitational, and most impressively, uh, you went back to back in the NCAA Midwest Central Regional last year and this year as defending individual champ. Yeah, you know, it's been, I guess it's going to lead us into that next spot, but choosing Grand Valley, I know we were going to have a competitive team and hopefully I'd be competitive individually. And getting comfortable at the top of leaderboards and comfortable winning and shooting low scores is something that me and my coach talk about super important. So, like I said, coming uh, freshman year and immediately competing in events, I think has been huge for me because I've learned to sleep on leads, to be comfortable on the back nine coming down the stretch, duking it out with guys. Whereas sometimes it's their first time uh, being in the final group or being close to the lead with nine holes to go. And you can, you can tell guys get a little nervy, but luckily I've been there enough where it's, it's a lot more comfortable for me now, and I'm more excited to just go win the event. Now, you're from Michigan, correct? Born and raised? Yeah, Lansing area. So um, we're in West Michigan, Grand Rapids. Our school is about an hour away from here. Okay, gotcha. So now you had mentioned that you knew that there was going to be a good team at Grand Valley State. Was that because you had played against all these guys in junior golf, you know, or, or you knew people on the team already? How did that just kind of walk me through that process of how you decided that, you know, GVSU was going to be your, you know, your stop for the next four plus years or so. You know, I just, I loved what coach was building here. When we were seniors in high school, or I guess our last couple years of high school, they had a really good team of veteran guys here. Uh, Alex Scott, most notably, he's on the Corn Ferry Tour now. Uh, 
extremely successful here. And it was awesome to see how much better his class got from their freshman to senior year here. Cause you know, it's division two. You're not recruiting top hundred players out of junior golf. You're recruiting guys that are have potential. And I saw Grand Valley as someone who was taking guys with potential and actually fulfilling them. Everyone that came here seemed to get better. And that was really attractive to me. That's a, that's a super mature way of, of picking a college. You don't see that out of, out of many high school kids. You know, I, I know with my son playing junior golf now and playing some bigger tournaments, uh, you know, he talks to kids and, and kids are like completely content going to a D1 school and sitting the bench for three plus years and never get into a tournament just so they could say, I played division one college golf. You know, we've seen that too. Like in, as far as I've been here, I've seen the kids we've been recruiting and that happens a lot. You know, these kids say, uh, get to post D1 hashtag in their commitment photo. And then <laughs> they're either done playing in April or they're right in the back. So yeah. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it, I'm not faulting. I'm like, it's cool. Like, you can go get better anywhere, but the proof's in the pudding. Yeah, I mean, golf is one of those sports where you need to play in order to get better. 100%. And that was a just one of the, the – probably the biggest factor in Grand Valley is second to just loving the place. So I've, I've made this comment to a lot of people. Uh, people in the know within golf, which are really the people that listen to this podcast, obviously, mm-hmm. um, are ones that will agree. But some people still get stuck, like we mentioned earlier, of that kind of Division One mindset. And so my my uh, the, the hill that I guess that I'm willing to die on is the fact that within collegiate golf, there are numerous kids, D2, D3, that wanted to stay closer to home, wanted to go to a smaller school, you know, didn't want to be people that sat on the bench that that literally could mop the floor with some Division One kids. I know during the season you're playing other D2 schools, but do you see that in your summertime when you're playing, you know, other high-level amateur events? Yeah, I mean... It's it that's really fun for us too is to go compete in the summer and like just compete again and beat these guys at Division One schools. Um, it's kind of a little bit of a chip on your shoulder as a D two. Like sure. It, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's a weird one because I'm not like angry at these guys or whatever. Like it's it's just fun to uh, show what how deep golf is especially college golf. And there's just so many talented guys everywhere across the country. Yeah. It's, it's the one sport that in the off season, it could actually be more competitive than it can be during the actual season. Right. And I'm just, I'm excited this summer. I'm luckily my rankings have gotten good enough to get in some bigger events. So it's going to be cool to go play against some of the, some of these top tier uh, division one players and, see where my game's at when you get into those bigger events is that something that you need to politic for do you need to apply or do those tournaments now come and reach out to you based on your rankings Uh, a little bit of all the above Uh, a lot of them have exemption categories based on rankings whether it be wagger scratch players rankings or even college golf stat rankings so 
a couple of them. Yeah, it's just you apply based on that. You can also email tournament directors and just give them your case. Like, hey, I play Division Two golf. My ranking isn't as high because of that, but here's why I believe I deserve to be in this event. So a little bit of politicking that way. Um, and then there are tournaments that are invites too. So it kind of works all three ways. And is your summer schedule set already, or is that kind of up in the air? Um, for the most part, yeah. We'll, we'll see how next week goes, and depending on how that happens, a few things could change. But I've got uh, five, six tournaments set in stone already. Okay, and you alluded to it already, which is a great segue. Next week being the D2 National Championship. Um, last year, you finished seventh overall, correct? Yeah. Right, after winning the Midwest uh, Midwest Central Regional Tournament. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously the goal going in for someone like you is is probably to win. You know, you seem like a, a guy that's going after it. Um, how do you feel about your game right now? How do you feel about, you know, your positioning within that field? You know, I'm going in with the, I don't want to say expectation, but I know I can win. And I think my best golf beats anyone in the field next week. For sure. So that's it's a comforting spot to be, but also, I mean, pressure's on me to go out and do it. So I'm just going to go play my game and see what happens. But I definitely, I know my game's good enough to get it done. And where is that being held? It's in Warren, Ohio at Avalon Lakes Golf Club, I think it's called. Now, is, is that a place that you've ever been to or or not yet i have not and i haven't really done my homework yet so over the next few days i need to get on top of researching this course a little bit from what i've heard it's long and hazards everywhere it's a peat die design okay so gotcha. you know it's going to be difficult yep. and i i've heard it's seven we're going to be playing it at 7300 with different combinations of tees so you're not going to be able to fake it around there which is good for an national championship <laughs> you want it to be hard yeah, I mean, that's what you want. Courses like that, for the most part, are going to show who's playing the best golf over those three rounds. Right. Um, so now tell me, how does that work? Because school's done for you, correct? Yeah, we finished about two weeks ago, so we've just been full-time golfers here the last couple. And that, that's got to be kind of a nice, almost disconnect compared to the regular season when you're juggling schoolwork and travel. The fact that you can just 100% focus on this tournament yeah it, it it's a nice transition into the summer when that is your schedule you know the college season is pretty hectic you're i don't think we traveled out of state four or five weekends in a row you're coming back for three days trying to catch up on school while also trying to get your game and shit for the next week um so there's about a month and a half there where it's pretty hectic and you're it's go 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 all the time but now that school is over, it's all about getting back into your, well, not back, but getting into a routine where you're staying busy and it's, there's a lot of time to work on the game now. So forgive my ignorance here, um, but I know like Division One plays the fall, spring schedule. Are you guys split just like that as well? Correct, yeah. Okay. So very similar. So how do those rankings work? You know, cause obviously this is the spring right now. Um, mm-hmm. is, is there an end of the season fall tournament or is fall all match play and league stuff? And then the spring is tournament. 
you know, how, do, how does that yeah. breakdown work over the two seasons? So it's college golf's odd as far as, far as that because it's, it's all one season with a three-month break. So hmm. you can basically think of it like uh, December, January, and some of February don't exist, and the season just right on continues. It's, it's different for sure, but the, those first – well, some teams play four, some teams play six events in the fall are – they count just the same as the regular season events in the spring. So it's uh, it's a little different, but it's kind of cool to have your season be all school year rather than some sports with just like a month and a half, two month long season. I'll tell you what, I've been in, go- in golf a very long time and I didn't realize that it was the same season all the way through. Um, yeah, starting yeah in- that's all right. I learned something. That's, that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I literally had no idea. I thought it was you know, like the fall season, okay, you play all like your league matches and whatnot. And then the spring is all tournaments. So that's, that's pretty neat. Um, so you mentioned kind of December, January, part of February. All right. I understand being here in Northeast PA, how difficult conditions can be and how difficult the weather can be. Uh, I'm looking at the map. You guys look like you're 20 minutes from Lake Michigan. Uh, I mean, are you closer than that? No, it's you're right spot on there, about 20 minutes. And that, okay. that, that lake effect snows no fun all winter. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you got to kind of like, how does that work for you guys up there? <laughs> uh, you make it work. Uh, luckily, we have a brand new indoor facility here. Our coach has done an amazing job fundraising for that over the last few years and bringing his vision to life. His before my first three years, we have a really competitive athletics program and football team. So we have a hundred yard turf uh, indoor football field. So we'd put the big, like the net would come down at the 50 yard line. We had mats at the goal line basically. And you could see what 50, 60 yards of ball flight. You can pitch and chip in there. And then we also had kind of a, a rundown little room at the golf course with a simulator, but it was, Nothing sexy, but it got the job done. And luckily now we do have the flash. We've got two uh, TrackMan simulator bays, uh, 20 by 40 putting green, work on all the short game stuff you want. Three heated garage bays facing out towards the range to hit all the balls you want in the winter. So other than actually teeing it up and playing 18 holes, you, you can work on every part of the game all winter. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show, like if you have the drive and desire the the ability is there i've always contended that teams in the north and and golfers from the north are just so much more tougher than their southern counterparts it's not to say that you know the people in the south can't play in non-ideal conditions but i mean i'm sure you growing up me growing up my, my boys growing up it's one of those things where hey it's 35 degrees out and sunny like we're gonna get out today because we don't know we're gonna get snow again and and yeah, I'm looking 100%. at yeah, and I'm looking at like the D two final spring, the the Bushnell uh, D two coaches poll. Like you guys finish ranked seventh overall with one first place vote. Uh, yeah. So to come from you know Western Michigan, literally on the shores of Lake Michigan, and get that done. I mean, that's an enormous accomplishment to you guys and the coaching staff there. Yeah, well, thank you. We appreciate that, and it's. It's kind of the vision we have. We want to be, I mean, 
Northern teams don't do well. It's it's no secret. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a national championship or national champion team from our region. Um, D1, there's been a few, but it's few and far between. You know, Illinois got an unbelievable right. program going right now, but um, it's just we're at a disadvantage. It's not a secret, but we're we're doing our best to make it less of a disadvantage. And we try to kind of twist it and use it to our advantage. You know, you get two, three months to uh, step back and take a look at your golf swing. Like you have that time if you want to make a big change. You're not worried about going and shooting a score the next day. So it, I think for me, it's like it's been kind of nice having that break in the winter, although I do travel south a couple of times for tournaments, but that those winter months can be really used to your advantage. Yeah, it, it's it's almost like absence makes the heart grow fonder. You know, I know people around here, you know, where I live, I mean, gosh, the first nice day we get in March, the courses are just, it's like ants. It's like ants on candy, you know? I mean, forget trying to even get a tea time. Uh, it's insane because people are just jonesing for that fix. Um, so, like, approximately in a normal winter, when is snow cleared? from your home course? Um, you know, it's obviously very, very year to year. There's been, there's been times where the course has been open in February, but that's an anomaly. Right. I don't think we played till April this year. Uh, it was kind of a rough spring, but then it, it flipped pretty quickly and it's, we've had decent weather, but yeah, like you said, once, once the, the snow clears and you get that first, 39 degree day and sunny and there's no snow you're calling every place trying to find out where it's open where can i get out and play and you tell guys you play with from the south this like they can't even fathom what that means because you can go play golf all year oh yeah believe me i people think i'm nuts you know i i talk to my buddies that live in pinehurst or down in charleston and they're like what are you doing out in that weather i'm like well tomorrow's gonna be 15 so it's you know it's the best i'm gonna get for a month yeah. straight <laughs> you take what you can get that's it. Yeah, they are. Uh, they're definitely spoiled, you know. But then we get a, uh, hey, we get four months in the summer of absolutely perfect weather. So it's a give and take. Now, what's what's the rest of golf look like around the college and around that area? Do you guys even bother to play any public courses or semi-private or private courses around there? Or are you just mostly staying around the meadows? Oh. Michigan golf is incredible. I, I think it's super underrated. They're, we have just so many good courses in this state that people don't know about. Uh, so we venture out. We're, there's this course called American Dunes not far from here. It's right next to Lake Michigan. It's a uh, brand new. It's kind of an homage to the Folds of Honor organization. And it's very uh, it's a patriotic experience. It's a brand new Jack Nicholas design. Um, and there's a big Division One tournament there. It's called the Folds of Honor Collegiate. The first, uh, it, was, it was inaugural year, it was this fall. So we actually got a chance to play in that as a Division Two team. Every year they want a non-Division One team to play in it. And since we're kind of local, we got that first invite. But the next week we hosted a qualifier for this fall, and we ended up winning that. So we're going to play in that again this fall. Oh, very cool. It, it was really cool. It's a solid field. You know, we had Arizona, Clemson, 
a uh, bunch of really solid Division One teams. And we see going back to what we were talking about earlier, as far as how deep college golf is. I mean, I think we beat seven or eight Division One programs. Like it's it's in there's as far as I can see it, there's a there's the your Power Five programs, which it's a notch above, it's deeper, and then. I think mid-major division one and top division two, like it's not a blurry line. There is no line between them. Like we go out and compete and beat those teams. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I would venture to say any, any team in the top 10 D two and, and possibly even some teams D three uh, could, could hold their own in any field really. Yeah. There, there'd be no, there'd be no tournament you could go to and you would embarrass yourself. You'd, You'd fit right in pretty much anywhere you go. I want to take it back a little bit to kind of your high school days. And, you know, like with golf, I think the latest NCAA release was something along the lines of 5.8%, 5.5% of high school golfers actually play in college, um, you know, which is a, a, a minute percent. And then to make it even more difficult, you know, you have five players per team. Whereas, you know, football, I think it's something like 16% of kids end up playing somewhere in college because the teams are so large. Uh, what point during your high school career were you kind of sitting there and saying to yourself, you know what, like, I definitely have the chops to play at that next level? Um, I think it was kind of after my freshman year of high school. There's kind of a funny story. My first ever high school event, I think... I was coming down the 18th fairway and I was five, six over par. My, I'm up to my coach. I'm like, uh, do you think I can finish top 10? Like, I had no idea what the scores were going to be like. He's like, <laughs> right. I think you might win. Like, <laughs> so it's, it, it was kind of stuff like that. Just like, you don't know where you're at until you see. But I had an okay freshman year at high school. I think I averaged like 77.8 or something. So shooting in the 80s, shooting in the 70s. But I think I was honorable mention all state but after that had a pretty good summer that year competing against just you know all the junior golfers locally and I think after that it was kind of like okay I think I want to play college golf I got kind of addicted to getting better and then so what did your recruiting process look like were you one of those people that knew from I don't know sophomore junior year exactly where you wanted to go and what you wanted to major in or did you kind of explore out a little bit no, I think I I probably sent a hundred emails all over the country to different coaches. I kind of just wanted to. I didn't really know like what I wanted, where I wanted to go. So I, I, it was broad a broad search. And speaking of majors and you know your education, what are you majoring in there? I graduate next spring with a finance degree and then a real estate economics degree. So. Uh, next year will be my fifth year. I'm coming back, so I was I'm able to take a few more classes and get two. So that was that was kind of a nice bonus of the whole COVID situation and the extra eligibility that everyone got. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask, was that COVID or or was it redshirt related? Yeah, so fall of or I'm sorry, spring of 2020. You know, COVID happens. Uh, our spring season gets canceled, and then the next fall also gets canceled. So it was just a whole mess there. But, I mean, as far as our team, and I mean, COVID was awful, but 
it kind of gave that extra year of uh, everyone getting better and opportunity to practice ended up kind of being nice for us because all four of us that live together that came in that freshman class are going to come back next year. So uh, it was kind of a blessing in disguise for our golf team. Obviously, nothing good was about COVID, but um, yeah. You mentioned, you know, and, and I went to a school in Northeast PA, East Stroudsburg University. Um, I wrestled there. Funny enough, they were division one in wrestling, but everything else was division two. So, you know, we were a division two school. That's how everyone knew us. Um, they had disbanded the golf team. It ended up being a golf club. You know, I, I played on it in the off season. I sucked, obviously. Um, it was a good thing I went there to wrestle. Um, but you know, it's a small school. It's probably 3,500 or so. What's the size of Grand Valley State? So our experience is a little different. We're, we kind of think, feel like we're a Division One school with Division Two athletics. I, I know we have 20,000 students. I think it's in oh, wow. 20,000 somewhere. So, yeah, it's a really cool atmosphere. Like, our football games are extremely well attended. I think we have the highest attendance in D2 on average. It's, it's over 10,000. So, uh, Saturdays in the fall are really fun. I've, I mean, all sports are really fun to go to. I've gotten, I've developed relationships with a lot of people in athletics and a lot of student athletes here. So I try to get to as many sporting events as I can. That's been one of my favorite parts about Grand Valley. I've been going to all the baseball games this spring and, um, I, I love sports. So it's been awesome to go to a university that has competitive programs and, uh, an athletics department that supports the team. So, uh, yeah, I just I love Grand Valley athletics. Yeah, well, most people. Well, I shouldn't say most people. People that know Division two sports know that Grand Valley State football is, you know, like the pinnacle um, of D two football. Uh, you you yeah. mentioned base. You mentioned baseball. Uh, I saw you had posted some stuff on Instagram about that. I thought that was, you know, it's got to be so cool to have a place with such good athletics that you know you go grab dinner somewhere and then you head over for the game yeah 100 percent. like winter you got your basketball team both men and women are fun to support our women's team should give it a run next year they had a good season this year but fell a little short um it's it's just cool i mean being at a college there's so many different sports teams there's always something to go through or something to do um and yeah i What's what's Sorry. the what's kind of like the the vibe in and around Grand Valley State? Is it you know is it is it rural? I mean it's obviously not not big city. Mm. Um, you know what's what's kind of the, the a feel of the area and how different was that from where you grew up? As far as uh, like my hometown and where the Allendale is where our main campus is, it's very similar. You know it's. I don't know if I'd say rural, but it's it's not a city. Right. But luckily, we get a cool mix of both because our business school and our nursing school, which are like two of the bigger programs, the campus is downtown Grand Rapids. So you take, I mean, you can either bus or drive. It's uh, 12, 15 miles. It takes about 20 minutes to get down there. But you have that city atmosphere if you want, just, just down the road. So you get to spend a lot of time in class downtown and then, Going out on the weekends downtown, there's a couple of minor league sports teams downtown Grand Rapids as we go to the games in the winter, or even the summer, there's a baseball team. 
Um, so I, I really enjoy the mix of being out in Allendale. You're, it's not real busy, but if you want to go down to the city and have a good time, it's right there for you. All right. Pretend I'm a visitor. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to see you at Grand Valley State. I'm going to ask you yeah. of a few different places to kind of get, you know, your favorites. Uh, you know, since you've been there a while, you kind of know the area real well. So aside from the Meadows course, if I'm coming out to play golf with you there, what what two or three courses are you taking me to? Okay, so No Laying Up did a really cool Grand, Rap- Grand Rapids episode. Yeah. Uh, Mike, Mike DeVries is a course designer. He's got kind of a trail here. There's the Mines, uh, Pilgrim's Run, and Diamond Springs, three courses in the greater Grand Rapids area. And I, I really love his designs and those courses – they're really affordable and really fun to play. So public golf, we're going to play those. Um, there's really there's a couple of really nice private clubs too. Uh, Egypt Valley Country Club uh, hosted USM qualifying last year. They hosted Michigan Amateurs, so pretty cool place. There's uh, Blyfield Country Club. They have a, the uh, Meyer LPGA event every year. That's actually coming up in a few weeks. That's a really nice club. I think we're uh, getting out there on Friday, so I'm pretty excited for that. Um. Yeah, those are my favorite five, six courses outside of the Meadows. Okay. If you've got to take me out to eat or out to a bar there, what are your top two or three that are like your go-tos? Jeez, uh, that's a hard question. Grand Rapids does food well. Um, <laughs> if we're going downtown, I'm a big Mexican fan. I like uh, Luna, it's called. Also Sanchez. Um, kind of a fun spot that we go to. It's kind of in between our uh, Allendale campus in downtown called West Side Social. It's a good spot to go for either some food or some drinks. And then our, our go-to spot downtown for going out on Saturday night, it's called The Bob. It's a four-story bar downtown. Basement's kind of like a gaming room area. Like they've got uh, beer pong and like just a whole bunch of games like that. Jenga, uh, second floor is more of just a, like the restaurant part. Uh, third floor is like your your party atmosphere, like dance floor, cool bar. There's ping pong tables up there. It's just a really fun hang. If you've got to take me to, you know, I, I see like Grand River runs through campus or at least the you know eastern portion of campus. If you've got to take me to two or three kind of cool natural spots, you know, out there. Uh, what are those in or around campus? Uh, around campus, there's a, yeah, you kind of hit it on the head there. The Grand River's real close. So there's a couple of parks right on the river. There's cool trails and stuff. But if you want to go see nature, we're driving out to Lake Michigan somewhere. There's a lot of cool, like, uh, dunes areas. And, like, people don't realize how big the Michigan Great Lakes are. Like, you go out to the beach and – it's called Grand Havens, like the main beach out there. Like you kind of feel like you're at the ocean. It's beautiful. Yeah, I'm. I'm seeing. I'm. I'm looking on the map right now, and and that American Dunes Golf Club. I see that out there. Yeah. Um. You know, honestly, it looks like almost something that could be transported, like down in Pinehurst. Yeah, American Dunes has become one of my top. It's. It's in my top ten as far as favorite courses I've ever played. It's. I don't know if everyone would say that, but I really enjoy it. Right. Um, I wouldn't say that about all Nicholas designs, but he, <laughs> he hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
speaking of courses that you like, when you are planning, you know, because obviously you don't have a choice in college. You, you're playing, you know, whatever team and they've got their home course. You're playing at whatever tournament. But when you make your summer tournament schedule, are you making it based upon how courses fit you or are you just trying to get in as many as possible? Um, I, I wouldn't say you're picking it based on the courses. I mean, it, you don't have the really the luxury in the three months or the amount of tournaments to really go that route. You're just, I just try to get into the best fields I can because the goal, my goal is to play on the PGA, PGA Tour and be a professional golfer. So I'm trying to play against the best competition I can and uh, really test myself in the summer. So I'm assuming uh, you signed up for USAM qualifier? And luckily it is at the Meadows this year. So oh. I like my chances, <laughs> but you still got to go out and play well. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's awesome, dude. That is actually really, really cool. Yeah, I was pretty excited when our our assistant coach is the head golf professional here. So he, he sent in the group chat and we were all pretty stoked. For sure. Um, what else do you have on your calendar for the summer? Uh, right now, I've got the Michigan Amateur and the Michigan Open, which are like the, the two majors of the state of Michigan. Those are in June. Then end of June, I got the North and South Am, which I'm really excited for being at Pinehurst 2 and 4. Yeah, yeah. And then the Trans-Mississippi Am, I think it's at Brook Hollow Golf Club in Dallas, so I'll leave right after the North and South for that. And then um, just a couple more local stuff after that. And then crossing my fingers, add a couple bigger events uh, uh, in end of July and August. I know NIL deals are a big thing with collegiate athletes nowadays. You know, I feel like golf is one of those sports that's kind of been underutilized when it, when it comes to that. Um, have you had any interactions with any companies or anything like that? Uh, as far as name image likeness works yeah so it's actually really good timing for that so i i have been in contact with this company in grand rapids it's actually it's a new uh indoor golf like simulator type venue it's called the leaderboard uh indoor golf and it, it's in grand rapids they've got a bunch of sim bays uh got food and drinks too so it's a really cool hang in grand rapids that people can check out so they're they, uh, the guy who runs it uh, is a Grand Valley golf alum. So he mm. got in contact with me. He wants to grow his business. And uh, I'm going to wrap down a little bit this summer, do some advertising for them. So just just uh, sent over the contract a couple of days ago. So I'm pretty excited for that. And I think there'll be more uh, more opportunities down the line. But I'm really thankful for them. for They're my first real uh, big deal. Yeah, that is uh, that's awesome, man. Congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. Um, do you know of anyone else on the team that has had uh, you know any offers come their way, or is that kind of something where you know you've got to be like cream of the crop to to kind of get in on? Yeah, that? you know it. It's golf and it's Division Two golf, so companies aren't throwing money around at us very much. Uh, I'm not sure of anyone else. Uh, I, I haven't really even talked to anyone else that I've played with about it much. So I think it's pretty few and far between. Uh, so hopefully I can get the ball rolling and kind of start a trend here. 
Yeah, for sure. So you've got, I mean, that's, that's some good vibes coming your way. And, and I saw, and I just, you know, I messaged you before earlier today, you just had a hole in one. Yeah, that was awesome. Number three at our home course this morning, we got a 8 a.m. tea time, got out there and just flagged a six iron right at the pin. It released about 15, 20 feet and dropped. So I was pretty excited to get the monkey off my back with that one. It's been so close so many times and finally see when dropped is pretty cool. Yeah, it's always funny to me because the people that don't know golf, if you talk to them and you're like, oh, I play golf or I do this or that, whatever within golf, no matter what, the first question they always ask is like, do you have a hole in one? And, you know, it's it's crazy to me the level that you play at. Like, I, I've had one. I've been yeah. close a few other times, but I've had one and it was like the ugliest hole in one ever. <laughs> like it hit, it hit the front of the green, rolled like 40 feet like a putt. You know, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't even a good shot. Um, but it's, it's just, it's hilarious on, on how much luck there actually is for that. Now, obviously your percentage chances are higher if you're consistently hitting greens and, you know, hitting within three to five feet of, of, uh, flag sticks, which honestly most amateur golfers are not, but, uh, yeah, it's such a luck thing and it's people always like, Oh, you don't have a hole in one. You must not be good. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's. It's crazy the variance in how many people have. Like you hear these guys, oh, got got their twelfth hole in one today. It's like, yeah. What? And I, I'm hoping they'll start flowing for me now. But after what 18 years of not having one, I'm not expecting much. Yeah. Well, let's let's hope there's one in your future coming up this week. Yeah, I, I uh, second that. Um. So real quick before we kind of get out of here, I'm I'm really interested in kind of your tournament prep for this week. And the first thing I want to know is, does it change at all based on, you know, the, I, I don't want to say it's a bigger tournament. I know the mindset is we, you know, try to play every round like, you know, the same, but, you know, there's no denying that the national championships or the North-South is a much bigger tournament than, you know, playing against whatever team, school, here or there. D- does your... Does your focus change? Does your mindset change? And does your practice routine change at all? So, yes and no. As far as, like, the amount and focus level, I'd like to say no. Because uh, I like to think I'm treating every tournament like it is the national championship. But, obviously, you can say that all you want. They're not the national championship. Um, so, I'm going to do my research on the course here. Uh see what I think will be important for the week and work on those things a little extra. But I'm I'm not going to, like, really go out of my way to try to grind really hard this week and, like, really try to win. We've kind of found, for me at least, is, is when I try to play well, things can go wrong. So I, I really just try to go out and play golf and I wouldn't say have fun, but just treat it like it's a Saturday round at your home course, like, the focus level is a little higher because it's a tournament, but when you go into a tournament putting pressure on yourself and saying you you got to go out and win, it 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 hasn't worked for me. So I'm gonna go into this week. Uh, I'm gonna do do all the preparation I can. I'm gonna really focus and grind this week. But when it's ready, when we're ready to see it up uh, Monday morning, it's gonna I'm gonna be uh, going into it like it's a Saturday round. Yeah, I mean I you know. Me personally, I think that's the best way. I think when you put too much pressure on yourself, that's 
that's when things just kind of go awry. I mean, you, you always play your best golf when you're your most relaxed, right? So if you're playing like you're trying to pretend you're playing with your buddies on Saturday, I mean, honestly, that's when you're most relaxed. So that mindset makes perfect sense. Um, take me into the, the travel aspect of this. Uh, I'm assuming you guys are not driving there. Um, you- uh, this one's close enough that I actually think we will. I think it's a five hour oh, drive. Oh, it's okay. In, um, Eastern Ohio, but I mean, I think flying will probably t- end up taking longer than driving with the oh, okay. length it is. But I mean, if it was out over that, we'd probably be flying to it. Yeah, and so what are you guys doing as far as like lodging? Or, or is it is it hotel? Are we getting a house? How does that all work? So for postseason regionals and nationals, the NCAA takes care of everything. So they kind of just tell you where to go as far as <laughs> hotels. So I I believe this where the national championship is here. It's at a resort. So I think there are, the hotel is right there on property. Uh, looks pretty cool. So that'll be cool staying right there, not having to bus or van back and forth from a hotel to a course yeah that's that's actually really cool i didn't know that at all i just thought it was up to the schools themselves Hmm. for your regular season events obviously it's different your coach is either doing a vrbo or getting hotel rooms by the courses but it's nice of the ncaa they kind of take care of you for postseason and put you up somewhere nice and you, you've got the whole squad going out, you know, based on the win, uh, first win ever, right, in school history at the Midwest Regional? Right. So our regional is the Midwest combined with the Central. This is kind of interesting, I think. Uh, Division One, the regionals are, it's kind of like March Madness. So there's like a selection show and the so-called regional isn't really regional at all. You just pretty much go to a random one across the country and it's right. Right. Uh, they're all pretty even talent wise and division two, actually it is regional. So there's four super, re- there's six regions or sorry, there's eight regions and four super regional tournaments. So each super regional is combined of two of the regions. So ours is the, uh, the Midwest and the central. So Midwest is obviously Michigan, Ohio, uh, Wisconsin area, and then the central is more of your Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri, that okay. area. So the top ten teams from each region go to the super regional, and then the, it changes every year how many spots you have at the super regional based on the previous year's national championship. So we had six spots this year at our super regional, and then yeah, we got our first win in program history, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that um, must have been awesome for the coach, kind of validation for, you know, recruiting all you guys and, and, and having you grow into the golfers that you are today. Right. And, like, we're, we're trying to become uh, consistently the best team in the Midwest, and it was, it was cool to get that win um, to kind of, I don't want to say get the process started, but really to validate that we're here and hopefully we'll continue to be at the top for a while. Now, how many individuals are making it out of your Midwest Central region that were not on teams that made it? Do you know what I mean? Like teams that didn't make it, but the guys played well enough to get through. I'm 90% sure it was the top two individuals on non-qualifying teams. Okay. So, (laughs) yeah. Gotcha. So a, a very tough road to get through if you're not on a contending team right yeah you gotta go go uh play some good golf i mean usually 
Uh, most of the guys at the top of the leaderboard will be on the, those teams at the top, just obviously because their scores have been lower. But yeah, yeah, you gotta. It's not a whole bunch of guys, just two. Awesome, awesome. Well, Charlie, look, man, I can't. First off, I can't thank you enough. I know you're super busy with the the Nationals coming up. I think this kind of fell into a great, you know, recording time with you going into that. I'm hoping when people listen to this, you know, they'll follow you on Instagram or or just go to the NCAA D2 uh, tournament site and, you know, kind of follow along. Uh, with that being said, why don't you kind of plug yourself, let people know where they can follow you, where they can find you. Yeah, I've been trying to grow the Instagram account. Uh, it's charlie.delong. Um, got a bunch of pictures of me and Grand Valley here on there. So uh, <laughs> follow along with me and the team and Division Two golf in general. Uh, there's a lot of talent, and it, it's really fun to watch. So uh, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, awesome, dude. And I'll uh, I'll tag you and everything. I'll put this stuff in the liner notes so people can follow you. And and honestly, man, best of luck next week. Can't wait yeah, to see what happens. Appreciate that. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, thanks again. All right, people. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Podcast patrons, Leave the Pin Podcast is super stoked to have Gas House Golf as their official clothing sponsor for the podcast. Go to gashousegolf.com. Find them on all forms of social media at Gas House Golf. Gas House makes affordable, eye-catching, one-of-a-kind polos that help you stand out from the crowd. Why spend $75, $100, or even more on polos that make you look like everybody else when you can get one at an affordable price from Gas House Golf? Hit the ball a mile and look damn good doing it.